listeners, you're back with Benny, Banksy and Boydie, the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. This week we're talking round one NBL and NBL fantasy. Banksy, got some news for us? Yeah, and we've actually got some good news regarding the game itself. Um, and it sort of snuck under the radar a little bit there as well. So I spotted last night on the NBL website itself, um, Tom Hers has actually done a, a bit of a write-up. Um, as to what we can expect from the game this season and two major takeaways um, things that we've been disappointed on last season and things we've really harped on over the mm-hmm. last couple of months there as well Word. Um, the first and the major one is the good news of the so-called improved functionality Ooh. and I assume this is what FanHub were indicating to us about a month back when they sent us an email to highlight that mm-hmm. so in NBL Fantasy this season there will be advanced trading um, that will be available, that was the major flaw from last season so what that actually means is we can actually utilize our dual position players when trading. Um, and look, Benny tried to do a bit of an example um, through Jeez, video Benny. content through Twitter earlier. Making us look bad, Benny. Tell us more. Well, I'd just like to firstly announce that this will probably be my last podcast as a member of the basketball <laughs> um, Look, guys, I got burnt by this last year. I was trying to be helpful. I don't know if I'd had my morning coffee yet. I put an example in there trying to make it I guess a real life scenario, um, but my problem with that example, and thanks to our Twitter followers, followers who've pointed out the errors in my example, um, which would have been a you know a good strategy strategy to trade through that sixth man slot, but um, yeah, I guess we don't have to worry about that anymore. If I only um, I got burnt like last year so that's what I was trying to do guys don't, t- don't be too harsh on me I was just trying to put out an example of how to do it and uh, um, but with advanced trading it'll make it a lot easier and it does make those dual position players a lot more valuable that's right cheers for uh, to uh, at non underscore applicable on Twitter for uh, calling Benny out we'll, yes uh... my example was not applicable so yeah <laughs> well done well done um but obviously, it's great news that that's going to be fixed up for this year because it was one of the big bugbears, I guess, for all of us last year when you wanted to do a little bit of those sorts of tricky little trades. So um, that's only going to make the game better and hopefully it means more players for the game. What else we got, Banksy? So the other major thing to come out last night was um, another improvement. Um, and I guess the game itself is actually following in the footsteps of AFL Fantasy. So... Um, they're going to actually introduce player position eligibility, uh, mm. actually being reviewed through the season. Basically, just what that means is we've obviously started with a limited amount of dual position players, meaning yep. you can play them at different positions um, on your court, but also you can switch them between those positions throughout the season as well. But they're actually going to be introducing uh, further dual position players throughout the season, so meaning players that potentially only have one position right now will actually be attributed with a, an additional position depending on the, where they're playing in the season proper. I'm going to be interested to see how they work this out because on a basketball court, you've only got five players at once, right? And you've only got your bigs and smalls really is how, uh, how it gets really left 
how it gets, you know, I guess, deciphered. So, like in footy, you know when players are playing defence or up forward, like or midfield. You know, there's there's a difference in those where those actually are playing on the field because the basketball is a little bit different. So I'm interested to see where they're going to go from that, Benny. Uh, yeah, I guess what sort of that sort of pricked my ears. What I really am lacking this year is in that point guard position. Mm-hmm. Last year we had multiple point guards slash shooting guards. Um, I really hope <laughs> there's a few more players that get point guard eligibility just from handling the ball. Yeah, just you think at the top of your head, you've got uh, McCarran, you've got Cotton, the two big names probably that you'd think are going to handle the ball, ball a fair bit, so it'd be good if they got your position. I think a really good example here is probably Sobey. Yeah, Sobey so too, he's yep. only oh, available yeah. right now as a shooting guard. Of course, yep. So let's just say he does take on that point guard position in the season proper, plays maybe, whatever it may be, four or five rounds at the, the point guard position, then that may be an example where he gains that, that point guard um, functionality as well, or position as well, and then therefore you're going to be have you're going to have that flexibility to sort of switch in between point yep. guard and shooting guard. Because I think a fair few of the uh, like power forward centers, uh, dual position guys are pretty spot on at the moment. It's I think they're, generous, they're pretty yeah. good. So um, yeah, I think it'd be more in that that yeah backcourt sort of positions that will get that sort of stuff going. Or right, I think the biggest news that came out in the last. 24 hours or 48 hours or so is the fact that the game day competition isn't going to have any prizes. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Um, this, you know, uh, I guess this kills a lot of people playing it because there was good prizes on offer last year, as we know, Banksy. Um, I can't add to my jersey collection this you, season. You might want to elaborate, like, just to, I guess, explain what you actually won last year. So I think I ended up with three or four signed jerseys, so mm. can obviously... No, your, your fiancé won one, didn't she? Well, she did win one of those, yes. <laughs> but it's in my collection. Um, and look, I mean, last season, if you won a game day prize, you got yourself a jersey Signs signed that. by the whole team. Yeah. You got a ball signed by the whole team. Yeah. And look, there was a few other bits and pieces like your fan packs with you know silly stuff like socks and, and golf balls and that kind of uh, thing. I've with socks. But I mean, Benny, I know you're pretty pretty angry about it. Tell us a bit more. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty disappointed as well. Like that was probably it. Really was your best chance to win a prize. And mm. when I first registered, um, I, the first thing I checked wasn't team players; it was prizes. So I wanted to see if they, uh, I guess, kept it from last year because game day, you know, was sort of our sweet spot, and well, one of our sweet spots as far as winning prizes. Well. Two, maybe, if we include your, include your fiancé, Banksy. But uh, they did actually have a list of prizes there for game day yep. when I first logged in. And, I don't know, if it was a matter of hours or the next day or something, and then that was gone. Yep. So there was definitely prizes there. I think if you, even if you go there right now, it, it's a, there's some sort of stuff up with the page where there is actually prizes. If you clicked on game day and then go to prizes, it still shows like the same prizes as the season-long game. It does. Yeah. So obviously yeah. that's an error with the website. Yeah. But yeah. There was actually a different set of prizes yeah, I previously. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that too, Benny. So. And even in the game guidelines, I'm looking at uh, the game guidelines for game day specifically, it does say there are prizes to be won, so keep an eye on your ranking. So, you know, and to be honest, that is part of the problem. You would log in to keep an eye on your ranking. That's it, yep. And I think it's fair to say the season prizes are sponsored by Sportsbet. Yep. Okay, so these game day prizes are from the NBL directly. So, fair to say in that case, each time I won a game day prize last season, I would get a follow-up email from someone, you know, one of the marketing coordinators at the NBL, 
um, to clarify, I had won the game day prize and just to check, you know, what, what team order my prize to come from. So yep. if they had started with the prizes this season and they've been taken away, that's been taken away by the NBL in that case, Same. not Sportsbet who sponsored the season yep. prizes. So we're calling out the NBL. Bring game day prizes back. Lift MBL. Lift. I, I read today that Murray's put about twenty-four million of his own money into the competition. Surely someone's out there that can help him out. Hutchie, maybe. Just well, spirit, yeah. spot us a grand. Yeah, he has jerseys. Or he something. only gets Come the on. jerseys from his son's company anyway now, so that he only has to grab them, grab them, and get them signed up. But is obviously, the, the bigger picture here is the game day last season got people to watch more games. Correct. So instead of just watching your team and your team only for the round. You know, you're going to lose these people, these these fantasy players who yep. are watching just about every game throughout the the round. Yep. Because you you're trying to get your team to win that game day prize, mm-hmm. so it's a loss for the league. And that is the feedback we've already seen on Twitter, isn't it, Banksy? Yeah. And I mean, I actually wrote an article. If you go back through our earlier posts, Pen game is Rick James. Um, I wrote an article about fantasy sports um, in general and how important they are for the success of the competition. Um, especially, I looked at uh, NFL fantasy and how that impacted viewers' um, habits and how that directly impacted um, the television broadcasting rights and made the NFL an absolute fortune. And I've mentioned before that television is going to be the success of this competition. And if they have less people tuning in, watching games, that it's going to affect their figures, no doubt. So you've got to check out our Facebook page, obviously, to get your hands on that article written by one Benny. Um, it's better than my other video that I put up and messed up completely. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, the Twitter was, in regards to this, was from at uh, jdub3332. So obviously he had some pretty strong words that he uh, replied back to us, which we are in complete agreement with. Yeah, so uh, on, we mate. support you, Justin. And, uh, yeah, as we said before, we need the NBL to lift a little bit. And I think the beauty, of game, the beauty of game day was, if you were having a bad a bad day, so we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday game day, so you sort of got four chances to win a prize there. Yep. If your team's putrid on a Thursday, well, then you know you've got the next day to make a new team, you get yep. another crack at it. You'll keep watching those NBL games throughout the whole round yep. because you've got those different chances to win a prize. Yep, 100%. I mean, the NBL is doing most things right at the moment, which we've got, you know, one more thing we'll talk about in the news, but uh, but they probably need to lift with this part. All right, last piece of news. I guess the only other piece of news was um, yesterday or the day before, so we had the official launch for both the NBL and the WNBL seasons. That was out in Sydney, in Bogut Territory. Um, <laughs> from the... Uh, we're not trying to be negative here, but there was a photo shoot for the NBL, um, and what we actually saw was a player from each team sort of kitted up um, so that they could put those photos out on social media um, to highlight the, the season launch. There was no breakers. There was no walk player um, that was present. Understandably, that's due to their travel schedule. You also had Brandt wearing a T-shirt because apparently his gear got stuck up in the US. Come on, Gussie. Not, even, no, no, not, not just a T-shirt. He was wearing a pair of track pants by the look of it as well. well okay, not not sure. what, what's going on? Do we not have a backup kit there? <laughs> Come for him? on, Gussie. I mean, what's what's going to happen if he was playing a game yesterday? Oh, yeah, All they're going to do is sit him on the bench? Not likely. I don't know. Um, and then what we saw there was actually a screenshot before it was deleted. We had Webster from the break because he actually commented on the Instagram pic that the NBL put up 
Um, he commented, this is, he inserted a rubbish emoji. <laughs> <laughs> nice emoji work. There. And he said, so our league is way too good to be posting pictures with missing teams and uniforms and SH. shit. Oh, you, got, you went there. And then he uh, completed it with a, a waste paper basket emoji. <laughs> uh, Webster, obviously a big fan of emojis. Um, now, this was later taken down by Webster, and then the NBL actually take, took that specific photo down as well. But I don't know about you guys. To be fair, I thought he had a point. Um, yep, I'm a big believer in that if you're going to do something, mm. do it properly. Yeah. Um, I think we've just come off a really good showing um, of our talent on display against the NBA outfits. Yep. Illawarra Hawks just won an international competition. Yep. Kudos um, for the, uh, to the Hawks too for that competition. Yep. And good. I just think after that, Surely the league could have planned this a bit better around those team schedules to make sure that you actually had one person from each team present yep. and actually get it up. And that's and Webster's one hundred percent right. The league is better than this, and so they probably need to just pay a little bit more attention to these little things. They had an NBL media day during the Blitz weekend. I know on that Friday in Melbourne, and like, why couldn't they get this photo done then? Because all the teams were there. It would have made complete sense. We also had the, the release of the uniforms in the first place. That Correct. was like another time where they had everyone sort of grouped together. Yeah. Um, not that they're that great anyway, but um, it sounds like maybe uh, the social media manager of the NBL uh, probably needs to pick up their game, I guess. Uh, that, yeah. um, speaking about social media, um, our next segment, we really want uh, people to uh, get involved and uh, message, message us on Twitter and ask us with questions. So um, we're going to be looking at this week's Twitter question. I'd like to thank you for your... I'd like to thank you for your giving attention. I'd like to thank you for your participation. So the most common Twitter question we've got this week is what are our biggest or well, top five bargain picks for the season coming through? What you gotta do? All right, so we thought about it. We uh, spoke about it for a minute as well. And we think our number one value pick and it's been spoken about before probably, but is Drimic from the Adelaide Basketball Club. Banksy? So Drimic, starting price of $643,000. And look, when we're looking for value picks, we don't just make these up. There's usually a reason someone's actually a value pick. It's something that we look for when when we're doing our research. So usually value picks, they'll normally open up due to a player benefiting from other players leaving. Yep. Um, or minutes opening up due to other injuries, um, or players that have just had time out of the game themselves due to injury, e.g. like your best day. So with Drimic, Creek's obviously out of the rotation this season. So yep. Drimic was more or less coming in behind Creek with their rotation last season. Yep. Um, and I think from what we've seen in the preseason, he looks like the man that's going to get the start of the three. Um and at the position itself of shooting guard, when you've got players like McCarran that are priced at over $1.5 million, Drimic's almost a third of that price. Mm. So after we had a, a real close look at him at the Blitz, I don't actually think we initially gave this guy enough credit um, in our Adelaide preview, but he's priced at 16. He will smash that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the know. two preseason games we've seen, he scored a 28 and a 50. Yep. So, you know, based on that sort of average there, Lock. you would consider him a lock. He's a lock. You would consider him doubling in price. Yep. Um, good schedule to boot as well. And the big takeaway there is he only started one game last season. Yep. So if he's going to get the start, he's going to get more minutes. He's going to be more relied upon for his scoring, his defense. 
he's a lock. Alrighty, that's enough for Dramic because now everyone's going to have him in their team. Number two, Dave Barlow from Melbourne United. Barlow obviously is going to get increased minutes this year with Ty Wesley gone. Um, and just with his form, I mean, he's looked good in every single game. Pretty much he's played from the college games where we witnessed live to the Blitz games to even played well in the, uh, the two NBA games that were in the last week or so as well. So I think there's not much else. And what's his pricing? There's two reasons Barlow is value, right? So he's priced at 552000 Cheap. So not 55000 like I referred Cheap. to last podcast. Um, two reasons. Wesley's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's those minutes at the four. Yep. So we initially on the Melbourne United preview, we said those minutes are up for grabs. Barlow, Trist. Oh, Trist. What happened to Trist? Trist is... Uh, not is looking like he's what we thought not, he was going to look like. Not a chance based on what we've seen, and Barlow's been the beneficiary. Yep. Um, and as silly as it sounds, it's been well documented. He actually looks as fit as he ever has yep. for a guy that's almost... 35. About to turn 35 years of age. So, yep. Pretty happy with that one. Yeah. Uh, the third, we are going with Bowen, the next star player from Sydney. What can you tell me about Bowen, Matt? Well, as we touched on last podcast, um, I know we've been through some of these players already, but it's just to try and answer some of those Twitter questions. Uh, basement price of, again, 250000 So that is as cheap as cheap. you can select a player in NBL Fantasy. Um, the Blitz is what it comes down to. Averaged over 24 fantasy points over the Blitz. He's priced at roughly a couple of points um, with his price tag of 250k. Um, and we saw with that average of 24, he had included a 35 and a 31 when he got the minutes. And as we highlighted last week as well, um, he had a 9 in there, but that was more... Uh, you have to listen, listen to our previous uh, <laughs> podcast about the Blitz. That was more of him being in the bad books with days, I feel, and he was sort of banished. <laughs> and talk about that takeaway there. But look, if you can't afford a Drimic on your bench, if that's the structure you're going with, then I think Bowen certainly fits the criteria option. of a cash cow on your bench. Dual position um, too. And look, depending on how you're structuring your team, um, I know maybe one or two of us is leaning that way. You might even choose to, to sort of save some cash and start with Drimic on your court and have a, a Bowen as your cash cow on the bench at the shooting guard position. You can also have Bowen as a small forward. Small forward. Yeah. Yep. He's got that dual, uh, dual position. Dual. Yep, that's it. Uh, number four now. We've gone for a bit of an outsider here. We've gone with a Hodgson slash Harrison double. Now, obviously, both from the Brisbane uh, team. Now, we've got, at the moment, obviously, Hodgson's been injured for a little while, but there's been some rumors sort of floating around on Twitter that he's sort of starting to look like he might be available for that round three, which, as we have talked about previously, round three is the start of the season-long game, if you're talking about official prizes, etc. So if Hodgson's ready by that round three to be playing, then he's one of our picks uh, long-term because he's going to a team where he's probably going to start, he's probably going to get plenty of minutes where he probably wasn't in Adelaide. Benny, you're looking at me. You got more to say on this one? Yeah, just looking at a news uh, news article from a few days ago, um, it mentions uh, that uh, Hodgson's back in training, um, but is unlikely to be fit for round one. Um, with uh, Nana Egwu, as we've discussed previously, um, probably set to play at least one round of their regular season. So, um, I guess that this, uh, well, while we've selected two players, you know, both centres, um, both. 
really uh, good value from a pricing standpoint. I think uh, the way I'm looking at it is I'll go with Harrison with that extra opportunity as Banksy talked about being a, a big factor in value um, to start um, as my backup center um, and, and then leave enough cash in the bank that come round three, I get the advantage hopefully of some price increase uh, from Harrison and uh, be able to transfer that to Hodgson who, if he's back in training with the car, hopefully uh, he'll be back by that round three where their schedule is excellent. And look, it's all about opportunity again. That's why we're looking at this sort of combo as a, as a value pick. You've got Harrison if he gets the start because Hodgson's injured. Again, bargain basement, 250K. If Hodgson makes some sort of miracle recovery, which I doubt, he's still a value pick. He's priced at 560000 They need to play a centre, so it's going to be one of these guys. Um, and based on their price, their value. And they also get three doubles starting from round three in a row as well. So they've got a good schedule. You've got six games there um, within three weeks to get uh, as much points and much minutes as you can get on there. Uh, now, our lucky last value pick here, there was a bit of bit of discussion a bit of arguments off off the uh off recording but we've decided to go with baby shack do, 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 baby shack uh nate nate jawai uh obviously been injured over the last couple of years or last year he only played the seven games or whatever it was um in the end um but relatively cheap i don't have the price in front of me does someone got a price uh, left five hundred and ten thousand is valued at, so that's based on an average of twelve point eight six um, from last year. We saw in the blitz that he had a couple of games. He averaged twenty four point five with a, an including a thirty uh, fantasy score game in the game three. Um, he's looking fit. Uh, I know he's in at least one of our teams, which we spoke about in the fantasy preview as well. Uh, not just not just my team, Brody. Okay. He's actually selected by twenty seven point three percent of uh, teams yes. that have been completed so far. So I don't know if the songs just got stuck in their head, like that baby shark, baby shark song has for us. But uh, um, obviously, there's a lot of old people like us who remember the glory days of baby shark. So um, yeah, uh, get on board. And you got to look at him on that price because if you're going to consider Hodgson. Who's injured at around about the same price, yep. and then you can get Jaiwai, who, according to all reports, is healthy. He's actually priced less than Hodgson. The only downside is the schedule. So I think if you're going to be selecting him as a cash cow, he's got to be on your bench. You can't be starting. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're scheduled from round three. They got a double and a single and a double. So I mean they've got five games in those three rounds compared to Brisbane six. So. Not a huge difference, um, but still, yes. Length's the position, though. Yep. Um, if you can play a boom, who's going to play oh, yeah, doubles? Yeah. You're going to lose. I just think you're going to lose. He's going to be a bench spot. You're going to lose too many. Yeah. He's well, a bench you're probably going to lose too many points at the centre position with what's available. Yeah. You can't start it. Mm-hmm. And I guess speaking of bench spots, most of our value selections are, except for probably Drinich. I think is probably the one that uh, might. Yeah, you might be able to structure it. We did mention uh, two potential shooting guards in Drew Mitch and Bowen. Maybe potentially that could be a lineup uh, that you could go with. In yeah. fact, uh, we have gone with a lineup uh, like that. Um, we're about to we put together a side, a sort of last minute basketball blokes team, and uh, let's uh, reveal it to you guys now. Put in the work and it works, work, put in the work and it works. 
put it in work and then work, work, put it in work and then work, 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 put it in work and then 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 work, 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 work. So for those of you who need that last minute team, don't worry because we have put in all the work for you. <laughs> Alrighty. Now here we go. At point guard, starting point guard, Casper Ware. Shooting guard, Drumick. Small forward, Alonzo Gee. Or is it G? Whatever. <laughs> Power forward, Wiley from Adelaide. Center. DJ from Adelaide, and the sixth man, Sobi, also from Adelaide. And uh, our bench, we've gone with Adnam at the point guard, shooting guard of Bowen, small forward Barlow, power forward Bairstow, and centre Long. So I guess to summarise our starters, guys, we've basically just got a mix of those three teams with the awesome schedules that start from week Three. three. We're, our focus is round three because that's the big cash prize start. So we are looking at round three. Now, the, this, this team will probably work from round one if you want to score some points anyway because there's doubles for most of those teams. But our priority is week three. So that's what we've gone with. And to summarise the bench, Banksy, what do you think? What have we got there? So as you'll probably notice with... Uh, and look, we'll put the visual up on Twitter and Facebook, the actual Basketball Blokes official team that we're going to roll with. We're going to what? We are. Um, so, with the bench spots. So, we've actually gone at this stage with Adnam over Yena. Yeah. Now, that's... Although we highlight him as a... Uh, it does hurt because we did really like him. We really touched on him as a bargain pick, particularly last podcast. Just noticing from the box scores and as Illawarra Hawks actually played in that um, international competition, they've just won. His minutes were, were starting to sort of die off a bit. So we just feel he's, uh, although he's a basement price and he could be a worthy pick, he's, uh, he's a little unsafe for mine. I think Adnam, although he's slightly higher in price, he's just a bit of a safer pick. Shout out to that too. On, in those Illawarra Hawks games, uh, Danny Gritter was playing, had, had put up some really good numbers on good minutes as well. So he is another value pick that we didn't get to put into our top five value picks. But actually on the Hawks Talk page... Uh, Apparently, part of the commentary, um, they were calling Greta nah and vice versa, or they just went with the same thing. So they're, they're actually the same bloke. So, I mean, it'd be nice if we could get to double the stats. But um, as we mentioned, both are really impressive, but I don't know if it's that United bias that we try to avoid. I don't know. Probably not with Kyle, but um, definitely safer. You know, he's probably going to be that first man off the bench, so... That's why we've got him. Yeah, his minutes are just a bit safer. And then obviously shooting guard, we've talked him up enough as a value pick, so we're going to go with Brian Bowen. Um, small forward, Dave Barlow, again. As discussed. Yep, no-brainer with what we've discussed there as well. Uh, we've actually managed to squeeze best, though, into the power forward position, again, underpriced after a year out of the game, but we uh, more than know what uh, someone with uh, NBA experience is capable of in our league. And then we rounded out centre. More from the pool of Benny, but um, really likes the look of Sean Long at that import price and can see him really increasing. I do too. I think he's yeah. going to look good and we just got to put him in for the doubles, so that works good. Alrighty. Um, so now that you've seen our team, and obviously we'll release that as as Banksy said, we'll put it on our socials as well for you to have a bit of a look at. Don't copy it straight away. But a bit of a shout out. We'll also put it on Dream Team Talk. So right. the boys down at Dream Team Talk, obviously uh, you go to when we're during the AFL season for all your fantasy needs. 
but uh, we'll actually be posting a weekly segment on their website, so dreamteamtalk.com. They've been uh, good enough to have us on board this season, and um, look, we'll post the weekly um, post with our podcast, yep. but also we're going to be doing, obviously, weekly uh, captain selection advice, as well as your value picks for your trades each week as well. Are we going to select a captain on this team for this first week? We're going to go with who? I don't think yet. I think uh, you're going to get more information um, to make a more educated decision once we've seen round one and two. So yep. I think that's probably uh, more likely to come out just before round three. All right. Well, for those who are playing this round one starter, if your league is a round one start league and you still want to beat your mates and you're not too worried about round three yet, uh, I think when I started the team up here, I chucked in Casper as a captain and Wiley as vice. You could t- you could put those the opposite way around, <laughs> whatever. I just sort of chucked them in there. So... Um, do what you like there. Um, but Hopefully yeah. you can't go wrong. That's Hopefully. right. All right. Uh, now, next on the agenda, we're going to be talking about the popular players based on the ownership percentages uh, that you can see if you have a look in the filter players section of the uh, fantasy website. And we're going to discuss the top 10. All right, so here we've got the list of the top 10 uh, most or frequently chosen players as per the NBL Fantasy website to date. So we're going to go from 10 to 1. So 10 being the 10th most popular pick and 1 being the most popular pick. So the most selected player. Correct, as at, uh, this was earlier this afternoon. Uh, So we had 10, Randall, 9, Cotton, 8, Jawai, 7, Webster, Six, Drimic. Five, DJ. DJ. Four, Casper. Three, Sobi. Two, Barlow. And number one was Jacob Wiley. Our boy. Our boy, Wiley. Now, um, just on Wiley, if you uh, are new to the podcast, um, you must have a look at our Facebook page for our question question and answer session we had with his former... College teammates, uh, Michael Wern. Uh, yeah, he uh, Jacob Wiley's got an amazing backstory, tragic and amazing in the same time of what he's overcome. Um, so please have a read of that. Um, we're all um, barracking for this guy, and maybe uh, our input and our support of him has got him to this number one Banksy. spot. But he's, he's our boy. I'm claiming him. Banksy, you mentioned you were surprised he's the most chosen player today. Not surprised. I mean, he's obviously in our team. Um, I'm just I'm it's a good, surprised I'm shocked. The num- shocked. <laughs> I'm surprised he's a good selection num- is a good selection I'm dual just, position I thought he might have also partly been unique um, mm. he's a power forward selection you've got a few there small forward too yeah but I mean if he's small forward power forward he's also in competition with the likes of G with that good schedule he's in competition with Bairstow who we've spoken enough about as being underpriced um, and I, yeah, I guess from looking at a profile coming into the season, so obviously people that have signed up for the competition are actually taking notice, which is which is uh, good for them and bad for us who want to win the prizes. I guess that's but, good. All right, and now what we're going to discuss now is players that have cho- that have been chosen by more than twenty percent of the uh, teams out there that have been created. 
but that we think maybe shouldn't be sitting in the, that 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 high of ownership level, I guess. Okay, uh, I guess the first one that stands out to me, who uh, is owned by 30.4% of sides, is Corey Webster of the Breakers. Um, I guess, uh, firstly, um, the things that work against him are the fact that their schedule is not great to start the season. Um, I think he's someone that you could probably wait on. Um, and also, I'm going to steal your stat here, Banksy. Since we did the New Zealand Breakers preview, looking through the stats, his best, uh, I guess, uh, statistical average for rebounding and assists is two rebounds and two assists per season. Correct. So whilst he's lining it up uh, from three, if that shot goes off, he's, you know, we, we did specifically mention numerous times he's very reliant on his uh, jump shot going. So um, I think he is over-owned at that percentage. He should not be owned that much. What about you guys? Although he does, can obviously shoot the lights out like he did in the NBA game recently as well. So there is obviously that side of it, but we think maybe a bit too heavily reliant on it. So just keep watch maybe and see how it goes. Number two uh, on that list is Jerome Randall at 25.5% owned. Now, wow. Uh, now, wow. Was, uh, now, Jerome is obviously a jet and can play and can score and he's just, you know, he's a fantasy jet. But because of that, his value is 1.56 mil. So he's high valued and when you, and you're looking at, you can get Casper for slightly cheaper than he is. So Casper hurts him a lot. And also, as we've talked about a lot, the schedule doesn't help him. I mean, they've got two doubles in the first seven rounds. So the schedule is pretty poor for Sydney. So a very interesting choice for a quarter of teams to have Jerome Randall in there because he's too expensive to be parking on the bench for the first seven rounds, just about, I would have thought. And I think when you're comparing Casper and Randall, I think it's fair to say they're going to average around the same amount as each other yeah. over the season, like they did last season. But you're talking about either selecting a guy who over the first four rounds is going to play eight games on your court and therefore be producing fantasy points for you over eight games, or you're selecting a guy who, is, again, is going to about produce the same amount per game, five. but only going to be playing five games yep. in those first four rounds. Correct. So that, that's why I, that stands out to me as a real strange one, because, um, you know, for us and, and what we've researched so far, I thought, what, you know, Casper was a, a certainty over yep. Randall based on that schedule. And that leads into the next one, Banksy? Bogut. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, we've seen a lot of tweets, people putting up their their, tra- their teams or the first or second draft of their teams. Uh, Bogut is selected by almost 21% of teams. A lot of love for Bogut. In NBL fantasy so far. Obviously, you can understand the hype coming from that NBA background. He's the Aussie we always want to do well. But this game, as Benny keeps saying, there's no uh, there's no love in fantasy. Uh, and let's, let's butt in there a second. We, 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 we love you, Bogey. We don't want any Twitter hate, okay? We, we know what you can do. You're very powerful with it, so we don't want to get on your bad side. We do love you, but we just think the we're, schedule's going to kill you. We're Team Bogey over Liz Campbell. Oh, yeah. Right. Team Bogey. Oh, yeah, Team Bogey, for sure. <laughs> don't hurt us. <laughs> Liz, Liz went pretty well recently, though, as well, so kudos to her. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely on the bogey train, but we just think the schedule just kills you. Let, to let me give you this example. So okay. we've had a few tweets and um, people saying, I'm stressing. I don't know whether to bogue it. 
To bogey, to not to bogey. To not to bogey. Right, okay. So I want to use this example. So if we're looking again at the four, the, the first four weeks of the season, knowing that both the uh, overall rankings for the major prizes as well as the league games are set as a default to begin in round three. Let's just say, for example, say, boom, Melbourne have the best schedule in the first four weeks. He has four doubles on the trot. So in that span, he's playing eight games. Let's just take his rough average from last season as averaging in those four first those first four weeks, 40 points per game. So in the first four rounds for you, if you start him as your center, with that average, he'd be scoring you 320 points. Correct? Yep. Right. Let's now use Bogut's first four week schedule. He has one double in that time. So he plays five games in the same time frame as Boone's playing eight games for your team. So if you decide to start Bogut as your center, and let's just say, I think this is highly unlikely, that's just my opinion, Let's just say he goes nuts, and that's why a lot of people wanted to start with him, because they think he might increase from his 1.5 million starting price. Yep. Let's just say he goes above and beyond, he averages 50 points a game. Wow. Huge. I can't see it. I can Huge. see some big games, but I can also see, especially from what we're seeing in the Blitz, I can see some, some potential um, foul problem games there as well, where he might score you the odd 20-odd due to being in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Remember, he fouled out in the Blitz, especially the game that uh, we travelled yep, to see. correct. Um, and that really limited his minutes, and as a result, it limited his fantasy output as well. But let's just say in that best-case scenario, he averaged 50 a game in fantasy over his first five games. In those first four weeks, he would comparably only score you 250 points. So, again, that's, I think that's best-case for Bogut in the first four weeks. But if you start with Bogut, you've got 250 points. If you start with Burn in that example, you've got 320. In my opinion, you'd actually be 70 points worse off with selecting Bogut as opposed to selecting Burn based on those numbers, purely because this game is around the schedule. Can't see me on the inside looking out because I'm on the outside in. Can't see me on the inside looking out because I'm on the outside. I'm on the outside. Okay, so now we are going to pick a player or two. Uh, that is currently on the outside looking in as far as an ownership perspective. All these players have ownership under 5% currently, and we believe they should be higher than that. So a unique spending. That's it. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to go with a couple of Illawarra Hawks. So uh, we've mentioned uh, both of these in previous podcasts, but firstly we've got uh, Dan Greeter, I know you guys have told me from looking at him live um, at the Blitz. Looks that good. Looks big, good. Big fan. Big fan. Um, so at 4.7% uh, bargain basement price, um, he is definitely one to consider. He should be owned more than that. And also I mentioned Conrad uh, in the last podcast um, at 4.8%. Um now, he's been playing amazingly well over in Malaysia, um, following the results on the, uh, the Hawk Talk Illawarra fan group page, um, you know, the, which is a great page, mind you. They uh, have been, I guess, keeping me up to date with all the results there. Um, they won the tournament, and Conrad was a big part of that. And by the, by the way, Tim, uh, congratulations. He looks like he's had a bit of a, a gender reveal, and he's got a, a little boy on the way, so... Mm-hmm. All the best with that. Story. I've got two girls, so I'm uh, a little bit jealous, fair to say. <laughs> uh, who's next? Worth noting on that as well, Benny, um, Greta. Um, so, t- 
Tom Hertz has put his uh, his bargain picks up on the official NBL website, and he actually named Greta as one of his five value picks. Mm. Uh, so uh, he uh, probably won't be under five percent for much longer, which is justifiable. I mean, there's 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 a few options at his position, I think, which is why he's not picked in that high bump. That, that that's fine. Um, big surprise in the under five percent owned range for me is uh, DJ Newbel, three point one percent owned. Now we're talking about the guy who was the highest fantasy score average in the Blitz competition. He had scores of thirty eight, forty six, and fifty five to average forty six point three. Now. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit shocked that he is in there. Obviously, he's a little bit more expensive, and maybe well, he's 1.34 mil, uh, and obviously the schedule might come into play with that one a little bit as well. Uh, the other one for me in there, owned three only by three percent, is Harrison. Now we obviously we mentioned him previously uh, in the podcast tonight. Um, he's one of our picks that we probably have in there if you want to have either a Hodgson or a Harrison in there sitting at your centre position, um, depending on whether Hodgson's back or not. Um, so one so of our value picks is at 3%. That's right. One of our value picks is at 3%. Wow. So maybe we're off the mark. Maybe yeah. we we're right off the board. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent schedule. Hopefully some opportunity. And his blitz numbers were great as well. Mike. His blitz numbers were good. He averaged uh, 20.7 points in the blitz, although they were... A games of 34, 19, and 9. So I don't have the minutes in front of me in that last game. Still well above what he's priced at. Yeah, that's right. He only had a he only had a 16 minutes in that third game, so probably a little bit less than the first couple of games he played. Um, but um, still, yeah, yeah, he had 27 in game one, for example, where he had the 34 points. So um, we don't know the role of Egwu, and I guess Egwu's not on the game, so hopefully he gets Egwu's stats as well. I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nana's not on there yet, so um, yeah, we'll wait and see if they fix that up in the next 24, 48 hours. Right, the two for me under 5% would have to be two imports. So first being uh, Armani Moore, 3.4%. The reason I'm surprised by him is that Webstar is 30.4%. Mm. So... You're talking Webster, who relies on his shooting, and then you've got Armani that he's shown through the Blitz. Um, he's not just a shooter. He pads the stats in many ways. What do you just refresh my memory? What did he average in the Blitz? Average 40.3 with games of 21, 42, and 58 compared to Webster's average of 28.5. And I think in that largest game there, it was a game where he had, I think it was three steals, four blocks, or vice versa. He had in that game. Geez, you catch him out guard. He, oh, he had uh, he had five rebound. Oh, sorry, he had four offensive rebounds, five defensive rebounds, one assist, four steals. Four and steals. blocks. Uh, three. three blocks. Yes, three you're blocks. right. Jeez. Okay, yep. so that's why it's a surprise for me. Is we know that New Zealand don't have the ideal schedule with um, two singles on the trot from that uh, round three beginning. But if I was to pick Webster, out of Webster and Armani, it would be uh, certainly. Armani Moore over Webster, purely based on, I think, that Moore can pad the other stats, whereas Webster's comes down to shooting. Yep. He can pad more stats, hey? I'll keep going with that one. I'll no, stop that no, one. No, <laughs> Loves the dad puns. <laughs> now, um, Terrico White was the other one for me, and uh, I've obviously talked him up over a lot of our podcasts. 4.7% ownership. Um, 
I love that because uh, that actually makes him a unique for me. I'm still potentially going to start with him at the shooting guard position. Mm-hmm. But I just think, um, you know, we've spoken about it enough. He's uh, a like-for-like for, like for Takoto, but a Takoto that can actually shoot. I know there hasn't been a massive ceiling or score from Terrico yet, but um, I'm really pumped to see this guy during the season. And I think that's it. Evidence. We haven't seen much evidence of Terrico being, you know, as good as JPT uh, from last season. So I think that's what's holding him back a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if he has, if he, you know, balls out in the first couple of games um, this week. Uh, that we don't see a huge rise in uh, people t- putting Terrico on their side. I know, Banksy, you did say that you were liking last week that he was unique, but to be under 5%, I think, is nuts. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Well, I think, oh, I'm happy for him to be under 5%. I think based on uh, your answers, your both both your answers for this sort of part, we can probably say that Terrico is possibly on one, if not both of your teams. So we'll... Uh, uh, I guess that's a good segue to talk for, about for the, now. For now, for now, for now. So I don't, don't think Banksy's even locked in his team yet. Which we're, you know, got less hey, than forty-eight hours, Banksy. Until we've, according uh, according until to we've this, the round one lockout, nothing's locked. A, a round one lockout, according to this, is in uh, one day, nineteen hours and twenty minutes. So you got it. you're on the clock, mate. Um, so as I said, speaking of. Uh, players that are possibly looking like they're in one of our three or two of our three or all, all of our teams. Uh, we've decided here to not release our teams until after the round one lockout. So most likely on our podcast uh, next week uh, in between rounds one and two. Uh, just to basically because we're not telling each other what our teams look like at the moment. So um, there's a bit of secretism there. What's going on? And secrecy, sorry. And uh, basically to drive a little bit of uh, banter, I guess, for that uh, podcast come round. Once, once on. we see that Bordy selected Newble, there's no secret. Is Newble in the team? I'm not sure he's in the team at the moment, so mm. I, I can't confirm nor deny that. Although we know Terry goes in both your teams, so um, that's one for you. But um, so I guess what. Does everyone need to know? Oh, need to know, of course. Uh, so obviously, as I mentioned, lockout is at 5.20 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So obviously there's an early game over in New Zealand as the first game of the round. So you need to have your teams in by 5.20 Melbourne or Sydney or time, oh, yeah, Australian, time Eastern, yeah. <laughs> Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So you've got, uh, yeah, as I was mentioned before, one day and 19 hours. So probably good to get it in early. And although, uh, as we've stated numerous times, the overall doesn't start till round three. Yep. The reason the lockout is important and the reason we'll give you updates uh, to give you a bit of a heads up closer to that time is once that lockout is in effect, you'll then only have two trades per round thereafter as opposed to your unlimited trades that you have right now. And remember, prices will change across all players that are playing um, after round one has been completed as well. So if you're, uh, say for example, you're looking to just get as much value uh, upgrade in the first two rounds, remember you can only trade a maximum of four players between rounds one and the start of round three. So if you've got huge amounts of cash left over in your team, as someone in this room possibly might have at the moment, remember, <laughs> uh, you need to make sure that you've put into your uh, planning that you can upgrade or what have you um, based on them and hopefully those values do rise like you want them to because you want to be using those trades but remember you only got four so 
Uh, it's just a key thing to take care of. You need to make sure that most of your team that you have for round one is what you want come round three. And then I think that's about it for the basketball blokes this week. Check us out on Twitter at bball underscore blokes. Uh, keep your questions coming. We've enjoyed coming back to you all on those, and we try to mention them each week in our podcast as well if we can. And then also we've got the Facebook, which is basketball uh, and just basketball blokes. Cool. Cheers.